We're here today with Patrick Schwarzenegger. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Let's talk about the way that entrepreneurship and also acting, you are in both Hollywood and you're in the world of startups, how those are both creative and what types of creativity they let you express. Because I've heard you say in an interview that they're creative in different ways, right? So I'm really curious about that. How do you feel like those play out for you? Yeah, it's really funny because I have so many dreams and aspirations of things that I want to do in my life. I grew up in a family that did not believe that you needed to be boxed into one career choice and that you were defined by one thing in life. My dad was obviously a bodybuilder, turned into an actor, turned into a politician, now philanthropist. And my mom was a reporter for NBC and then now does the Today Show and then started the Women's Alzheimer's Movement. In our family, we never really grew up with the idea that you choose one thing and that's your thing forever. Although entrepreneurship or business and film don't sound like they have anything to do with each other, those are the two things that I've grown up learning about, knowing and coming to love. I got obsessed with business when I was just a little kid and my dad and mom bought me my first lemonade stand, a little cool table. And they bought me one of those little trucks that you see when kids would drive in it. And so I could put my table in my back of my truck and drive it down to the street corner and set it up. And I remember my dad taking me to the grocery store and buying the lemons and the crystal geyser packs and buying the pitchers and then understanding how much those cost and then how many cups of lemonade you would get out of that and then what you would have to sell in turn to make money and just all these different things. And then obviously I grew up on set, going to set with him and that, that drew me into the film world. But when it comes to creativity, I mean, film, business, there's so much creativity in all different walks of life and different career choices. I just love doing both of them. And yeah. Do you feel like you get to spend as much time in these different areas? I mean, you're also an investor and you also do some modeling and then there's the acting and the entrepreneurship. Do you feel like you get to spend the breakdown that you ideally want in a typical week? Yes, say, right I now? do. I really do. Look, I think that business for me is 100% of the time. With film, a lot of it is dependent on someone else giving you the green light to be in a project or to get this film made. So a lot of it is dependent on someone else, whether it's business, a lot of it is on you and bringing that project to life and finding creative ways to market your company and to get it on the next shelf and to make sure that it's selling off the shelf and all those different things. But the film world, when I go and work, for example, last year on The Boys in Toronto, I worked pretty much every day for three, four months. And then I didn't work every day for the last five months. And with business, it never stops, right? So it's the perfect marriage of the two of balancing the time because you never really know when your next film project is and to constantly be immersed into the business space and having things to constantly do or problems to, to solve in that world allows me to have things to focus on every day. Do you feel like your artistic endeavors with acting ever fuel or impact your entrepreneurship? I'm sure they do. I think that one of the things that's so cool about acting and what I always try to do as an investor in business is you're really placing yourself into someone else's shoes. When you're casted as a character, it's your job, it's your duty to understand what that character thinks, what the relationship is to different people and to different locations or to different foods or anything like that. And so when I invest in a company, first, I take it in as passion. Patrick. I bring it to my girlfriend. And then I try to understand the concept from different customers POVs. And why I bring that up is because I'm completely different than my girlfriend who's from Alabama and grew up on totally different foods had way different grocery department experience than I did. They cared about different ingredients, they care about different pricing, they just see the landscape way different. And that's extremely important to understand as an investor trying to make a product that's applicable and interesting towards all of Americans. 
I'm really not interested in stuff that's super niche in just LA or New York. I do love products that are accessible and affordable to flyover states or people across our country. And I always try to put that kind of investor lens on when I'm looking at a product to see if it has scalability throughout all of America. So I guess there's a little bit of crossover between film and investing with that, just placing yourself into someone else's shoes and trying to understand their opinions and their reasonings for wanting or not wanting something. That's really interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that would be the connection. I've noticed that you've invested in a lot of CPG, yeah. a lot of wellness, poppy, mud water, liquid IV, milk, and also some fitness-oriented whoop and rumble. What interests you in that space? How did you get into that, especially with more of the focus being on CPG and now you have your own yeah. CPG company? Really, I started doing this 12 years ago. I mean, I was in high school. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. My first company I invested in was one called Blaze Pizza, and it grew from pre-revenue to almost 400 stores, and it became a massive unicorn food company. So I just was like, That's a pretty it good was a great investment. first investment. And I bring it up because I just, I had no idea what I was doing. But what it did was it created my thesis, my hypothesis of what my investing was. I was a struggling consumer. I was looking for healthier, better options out there in the marketplace, things with higher protein, less sugar, cleaner ingredient labels, so on and so forth. And I couldn't find that. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go out there and find entrepreneurs that are tackling this. Blaze Pizza was just positioned as the healthier Domino's, the more transparent ingredient Pizza Hut, the Chipotle of pizza allowed customers to customize. It wasn't like extremely healthy, but it just was the healthier version. And so with that investment, I saw the macro economy and our customers starting to shift as well. They started to ask for different types of pizza crust. They wanted like cauliflower. They wanted keto crust. They wanted flatbread. They wanted thicker. They wanted different cheeses. They wanted vegan meats. They wanted less caloric options, higher protein options, all these different things. So I said, you know what? I'm going to sell out of Blaze once it was already a big company and take that money and just go out there and do this as a full-time thing. Go out there and find tons of different young entrepreneurs that are tackling this better for you health and wellness industry. And that's what I went out and did. I just, I found Super Coffee, which was the low sugar Starbucks Frappuccino. I found Liquid IV, which was the low sugar Gatorade. I found Olipop and Poppy, which was the low sugar sodas. I found Better Bagel, which was the low carb bread. And so that's really how my portfolio grew was just looking for these types of companies that were out there and these types of entrepreneurs that were spreading that mission. And that's what I knew that I wanted to be involved with because I was a consumer of it at the end of the day. How do you normally get deal flow? Does it just come to you now because you're known as an, a CPG yes, investor? Yes, it does now. In the beginning, it was me actively looking because I had no reputation of being a quote unquote good investor or a hands-on investor or someone that could actually help, which I wasn't. When I started, like I said, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no concept of the struggles in a business entrepreneur's journey or anything like that. And I didn't really understand that until I created my own company. We'll get to that more later. But um, yeah, now you get sent multiple companies a week all the time. But when I first started, I was just going out there. And if I ever tried a product, like my favorite activity, I'm so weird. I love to go to the grocery store. My girlfriend won't even go to the grocery store with me anymore because she says it's just the worst time because I spend like an hour in there just going up and down the shelves looking for what are the new products. And I just buy anything that's new. And I go and I try them. And that was how I found out about a lot of products in the beginning was I would just go and I would try them. And if I really like them, I would go on LinkedIn or I would go on Google or whatever, search for the founders. And then I 
I would just message them. So that's what happened with Liquid IV. I found it when I was in college at a like a gas station mart next to our school. Super Coffee I found through Shark Tank. They didn't get an investment and I went on Instagram and direct messaged them and flew out to New York and did a deal with them. Same thing with Poppy. Olipop I just found from drinking it and reaching out to their founders. So on and so forth. So a lot of this has just been me reaching out to them and now it's a lot of inbound. What do you look for in an investment? How do you evaluate the founder, the team? Like I said before, number one is am I a consumer? I really do care about being a consumer of the product. Is it something that I would drink or would I eat? But also would someone in my girlfriend's family in Alabama eat it? And why or why not? Is it the pricing of it? Is it that they just don't care about the sugar? Is it that they don't think that the taste is good? Or what is the reasoning? I always try to go in with that. Next step is do I think that it has the ability to become mass? Not really interested in a company. Can it become a $1 million, $5 million revenue company? You know, I'm looking for ones that can become 50, 100 million plus revenue and really tap into mass America. That's probably the next part. Is it a growing trend or does it support the overall trend of where I believe that section is going to go? And then obviously, most importantly, is, you know, the founder. Do I believe in the founder? Do I believe in his or her mission? Do I believe in their work ethic? And do I think that they're going to get the work done and do everything that they can to make this business and this product successful? How do you feel like you've evolved or improved your heuristics as an investor over the last 12 years? Oh, I mean, every day and every month I get more intellectual and have a better understanding of of this landscape now because we've launched our own company, right? So in the beginning, like I said, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Then I started to really learn through the investment of what made a good investment and why these companies were doing well and what it took to get an actual exit and what some of the bigger companies were looking for to acquire and that kind of stuff. So I started to become more educated with that. And I learned how to be a better investor by actually helping our different companies, whether that was with future fundraises or celebrity partnerships or helping them with manufacturing or getting onto certain shelves or stores or introductions. And then now when we've launched our own company, I can help entrepreneurs with everything because I've gone through the thick of what it's like to have a product during the summer months and it melts. And I've done analysis on plenty of different 3PLs of where it's best to ship from, what states to ship from, what is the least melting complaints or what you have to do to put in ice packs or the best cost-effective savings for that. Or if they need different co-mans or manufacturers, I have a whole list of manufacturers now because I've had to do audits of plenty of different ones for our own product when it comes to branding or website building or SEO or paid advertisements. I've worked with so many different agencies and people that I've learned what does work and what doesn't work and content creation and, you know, just how to navigate storms. That's probably one of the most important things is that we've only been around with Mosh for a year and a half, but we've gone through the thick of some really great days and some really not so great days. You just go through so many different problems when you start a company that it just makes you more patient, more understanding, and you find ways to persevere and get through the other side of it. I'm a 10 times better investor or advisor now than I was 10 years ago. You're in the yeah, trenches with it. I am. It's, <laughs> there's just sleepless. There's nights that you just get. I remember when we were first launching our mosh bars and the night we were launching before we were launching and we got the, our chocolate bar in and I was in Atlanta and I was on set and it was like 2 a.m. I got it delivered to my trailer and I tried it and it tasted completely different than all of our trials and benchtop samples and everything like that. And I just remember getting it and I, I just had a full breakdown and I didn't I did not sleep at all. And I was just like, I cannot believe this is what's happening. And then the next day, we pretty much almost sold out. And then anyone that didn't like the chocolate flavor, we had to go and we sent them handwritten letters and we gave them refunds. And then when 
when our new chocolate ones came in, we sent those for free to the customers so that they could try it and understand that the last one was a mistake, a win back campaign and everything. But I just, my anxiety went through the roof that night of just realizing, <laughs> holy shit, you know, and you always hear horror stories of this, of your first productions, everything goes wrong. And I was like, no, it's not going to go wrong. And I got it. And I was like, oh my God. What's your favorite part of working on Mosh? So Mosh is a mission-driven company aimed to educate consumers about what they eat impacts their brain health. My grandfather passed away of Alzheimer's and my mom has pretty much dedicated her past 20 years towards Alzheimer's research and specifically women's Alzheimer's research and trying to figure out why women have two thirds of the cases of Alzheimer's. What fulfills me is the ability to create a mission-driven company that my mom always wanted to start that is for-profit but also raises money for Alzheimer's. Every one of our purchases, we raise money for Alzheimer's research and it educates consumers about what they eat impacts their brain health. And then the best part about it all is just seeing how happy my mom is from seeing this company actually go from the ideation into becoming a reality. Today, we went to one of our local grocery stores called Air One here in Los Angeles, and it was our first time we're on a shelf. We just launched there, and it was just like when we walked in and my mom's face when she saw the product on the shelf, like she was so happy she almost started crying. And like for me, that's that's awesome to get to, to make her dream come true and see this product on the shelf and make it happen for her and continue kind of her legacy in the Alzheimer's space and, you know, making my grandpa proud and all those things are extremely fulfilling aspects of this. And the company continues to grow and I just get to continue to learn. And it's just been a, a blessing to, to work on this. What's it like to work with your mom and how do you guys, what roles do you play? What's it like to work with my mom? Like I said, it's great. It's so fulfilling to make her proud and to see how happy she is. There are always good days and there are bad days. Just with running a company, so much BS comes up and you have to have thick skin and you have to be able to communicate. And a lot of it is out of my control. A lot of it is out of her control. And we understand that. And we just do our best to fight through it and to get on the other side. But we're both co-founders. I run the company day to day. We're here at our own offices. So we have three other employees now. So we're a lean and mean team. And my mom does everything from the wording, the messaging, copywriting, the colors, the aesthetics, the future product lines, what kind of products she wants to see, community building, talking with our different customers. I do everything of working with our team from the manufacturing, the operations, making sure the product gets from our manufacturing to our 3PL that gets to our customers, the marketing campaigns, the photo shoots, the video shoots, the content creation, pretty much everything. And most importantly, creating the team that's responsible for the results. A lot of my energy goes into growing the team and finding the best people to help us build this mission. And then they're really responsible for their individual results when it comes to marketing ops. So you mentioned that you did like the classic entrepreneur thing of having lemonade yes. stands when you were younger, you would sell baseball cards, but you also went to business school. You studied business yep. at USC. This is a question I find comes up sometimes, especially among my community, my audience. They ask, should I get an MBA? And I always tell them, you don't really need to because if you start a company, even if it fails, that's almost like its own MBA. But do you feel like you studying business at USC helped you or prepared you in any way for entrepreneurship? Yes and no. I mean, I think that's always the wild debate now. Is business school or is school really even quote unquote worth it because of the high amount of money that it is to go to school and the amount of debt? I'm extremely fortunate that my parents gave me the ability to go to school and could afford to send me to school. And so I'm forever grateful for that. I had a great experience at USC. I learned a lot in the business school. I had a lot of fun. I met a lot of great people, great connections. However, I don't think 
think it's a make or break. You definitely don't have to go to business school. There are a lot of things that you can learn from YouTube or online or certain individuals or by immersing yourself in an actual business. I've learned 10 times more in this first year and a half from running a business than I did at business school. Business school was great. You learn a lot of the foundations and basics, but there were unnecessary classes that I don't utilize or take advantage of in today's world. And of course, we use numbers yeah. and stuff like that, but it's more simplified than what they, the kind of equations that you would learn and memorize and how to do this and that on the calculator and so on and so forth in business classes. So yes and no. Yeah. So you studied business and you also took classes in, I want to say cinematic arts. Is that Was that the name of it? Yes. So I did take business. I graduated with a major in business, a minor in cinematic arts and theater as well. I did theater classes, kind of the holy trinity of those three things, I guess. But yeah, my focus was on business and entrepreneurship. If you had to go back to school and you couldn't study any of those three things, what would you study? Ooh, psychology or communicate. Nah, maybe psychology just because it has a lot of lap over with film and trying to understand how people think and react and understand people a little bit more. Or I just wouldn't go to school probably. That's fair. I mean, psychology is also good for marketing, right? Because so yeah. much of marketing Mark, is yeah. human psychology. That's interesting. So what? where do you want to be and what do you want to be doing and how do you want to be spending your time in five years? Honestly... If I was doing what I'm doing right now in five years, I would be extremely happy. That would mean that Mosh continues to grow, that we are building a sustainable company, and that my film career continues to grow, and that I get to continue to put myself into different types of roles and characters, and that I'm healthy, my family's healthy, and I have a great relationship with them, and we continue to raise money and educate consumers about brain health. I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. Of course, I want to continue to grow those areas and develop them into larger businesses or aspects, but I'm on the road to where I want to be in five years. When it comes to the philanthropic component of your business of Mosh, where the proceeds go to funding Alzheimer's research, have you had any interesting learnings or surprising learnings about how to message that, how much to incorporate that into the marketing, how discerning to be around that? Because I find that businesses that are impact or mission-driven, there's sort of like a balance to strike, right? Because first and foremost, people want good product. And then they also want to know you're doing good. What have you guys learned about how to balance those? I think that the biggest, the thing that I think customers care about and what our moat is at Mosh is our story, our about us. And the 20 years that my mom's put into Alzheimer's research and, and education and starting the women's Alzheimer's movement and having to be a caretaker of her father and all these different things. I mean, people care about that. It's not like she's just slapping her name onto a brand and saying, let's raise some money for brain health or for Alzheimer's research. She's been immersed in and embedded into this space for 20 years. And she's learned so much that she wants to take that and go and educate consumers with that. And in turn, she wants to raise money for that. So I think that her story and her mission resonates with a lot of people. And it's really authentic and true. And so we put it everywhere. We put it on our website. We put it on the back of our packaging because that's just the authentic way and the most truthful way to do it. I really believe that customers buy the why, not the what. And we've had that a lot of the times where people come and say, you know, I don't eat protein bars or snack bars, but I'm buying this because I just love the mission or I love that you guys are mother and son and doing this together and raising money for Alzheimer's and all these different things. Or, hey, I don't eat bars, but I bought it for my mom because she's 60 and she cares about cognitive functionality and cognitive decline. And I'm going to get her to 
start eating these. We get so many great emails and letters and notes from people. So how much do you and your mom want to be the faces of the brand versus letting the brand speak for itself? Both, right? So Mosh is my mom's initials, Maria Owen Shriver Health. We're behind the brand 100% and we always will be. We talk about it. We do Instagram posts about it. We do Instagram lives about it. We are on the website. We're always going to be there. But, you know, our names and faces aren't on the front of the packaging. I think that's like, I understand it for like Kylie's lip kit or someone like that who just has a absolute massive following and people are following them because of that specific thing. But that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to build a brand that can work on its own, but that's empowered and bolstered by us. Of all the different things that you do, when do you feel the most flow? I mean, I feel a lot of flow when I'm on set. That's really because that's like when you're just at optimal peak, just you're on set and when you're filming them, when you're not, you're in your trailer and you're working on business. So that's just like the most optimized day that just can't get any more packed or fun or filled or anything like that. But yeah, I'm huge with routine and like habits and just I feel like I'm always in a pretty good flow. But there are times when I don't film for a while. And if business is light certain days that I'm like, okay, what's happening now? I remember reading about your typical sort of morning routine. You wake up at 5.30, you do things like cold plunges, you do all the optimized healthy things. But do you have any, especially around food or snacks, do you have any guilty pleasures, any vices? Oh, I eat ice cream all the time. I love ice cream. Yeah, I'm a huge foodie. I love eating stuff. I love going out on weekends with my girlfriend and getting cocktails. I'm not like insane optimizing all the time and tracking my blood work every day and won't eat this calorie if it goes over my this thing or that. Yes, I like to wake up early. Yes, I like to work out. Yes, I like to get my 10,000 steps. Yes, I like to sauna and do my ice bath and I like to read and I like to do all that kind of stuff and have my me time, but I'm not overboard with any of it. You like to live your life. Yeah, of course. But I also (laughs) like to prioritize health and wellness and fitness and stuff. What would you tell your younger self? So let's say 22-year-old Patrick, what would you tell him? 22-year-old Patrick, what would I tell him? I guess really try new things. I feel like a lot of the times when you're in your 20s and you hear this from people that are older than you, oh, you've got plenty of time. Try different things right now. Your 20s are meant to experiment and everything like that. And I didn't get famous or I didn't get wealthy or I didn't get successful until I was in my 40s. The 20s really are. You have so much time. I know we're not on this earth for that long, but your 20s really you should experiment and you should date around with different business ideas or different jobs and see what it is you really like. And it's okay if you don't know everything at 22. It's okay. And I think that a lot of the times I felt pressured or a lot of people feel pressured at their 20 to feel like, okay, college is done. Now I need to know exactly what I'm doing. Or, okay, now that I did a business school, I have to go to business or that I did my doctor program, I have to be a doctor. And then they find out that they don't really love that. And then they're like, oh shit, I already spent my 20s doing that. And so I guess just have fun, try different things and see what brings me joy. So we'll end with this. What's a piece of advice that one of your parents have given you that you have found really helpful in navigating your 20s? What is one piece of advice? I mean, both my parents have one of their rules of success is to give back. You know, it's always better to give than receive. And I know that sounds probably corny or cheesy, but it is something that I've always looked back on and try to embed it in my yearly and, and just with who I am, just finding ways to give back. That's probably the best advice that they've given and to give a helping hand to to others. My dad wouldn't 
have come to America because he couldn't afford it without someone that bought his plane ticket or allowed him to stay in America with him. And my mom wouldn't have gotten to become a journalist at the time when there were really no women on the news or on the air without someone believing in her. And so I always just try to find ways. And that's what a lot of the stuff of my business and helping different entrepreneurs is just finding ways to give that helping hand and to help other people. And and I'm in a really fortunate position with my life and finding ways to, to utilize that and to give back to others, I think is huge. And a lot of the times we're always just focused on me. How can I become wealthy? How can I get that next job promotion? How can I prioritize my life? How can I get happier? How can I? And a lot of the times those things can come true by helping others. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah. This has been lovely. Where can people find and buy and eat Mosh? Where can they find you on the internet? Yeah. Mosh Life is our Instagram. Moshlife.com is our website. You can find us on Amazon. You can find us on our own website, so on and so forth. So our Mosh bars are delicious. We call them brain bars. They're 150 calories, 12 grams of protein, no added sugar, and seven different brain benefiting ingredients inside. Each bar raises money for Alzheimer's research and awareness. And come check us out. Awesome. Thank you.